like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and finally, I've got Travis Manley back with me. Yay! Yay. So <laughs> it's been a while. Like, maybe you weren't even Travis Manley yet the last time you were on. That's you probably might have, valid. You might have been the old <laughs> Travis. So tell people about yourself in case they haven't listened with you on before. So my name is Travis Manley, formerly Travis Taggart. Uh, So you might see me on the internet as either or both. (laughs) Um, I started a child care center when I was 19 years old, and I've been just going at it ever since. (laughs) And um, I started my child care center basically because I had a real issue with the places that I was finding work at mainly other child care centers, preschools, Montessori schools, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I decided to start something different and better, and I succeeded, I hope. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I think you have. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I only know what I see on the Facebook page and what, what I do. Ooh, great, because but... I have some points. We have to talk about that. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, let's jump right in then. Um, so the quote that Travis and I are going to start with today is from uh, Elizabeth Jones. It's from the book um, Playing to Get Smart, um, which was written in the 90s. But here's the quote. Perhaps early childhood professionals have worked too hard to convince the public that the early years are crucial not only to social-emotional development, but also to preparation for school and even to brain development. Our advocacy for the importance of early childhood education has backfired, supported by the hand of scientists who are always seen as the most believable folks around. Elizabeth Mm. Jones, everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so, so this resonated with me because I I could see my own progression as I read through this. Where, um, I used to, I mean, I mean, I'm still advocating for the important importance of what we do, and um, but I I think it used to be much more about uh, getting respect for myself and and the work I was doing, and that's why I tried to convince everybody that that these early years were so important and I think that's where one of the ways it's backfired and now for me it's more about I just want people to see how amazing and competent children are and 
and what they really need from us and not just what we imagine they need from us or what our egos need them to need from us. Yeah, for sure. And then I would even take it a step further as an administrator, Mm -hmm. um, especially because the center that I run only has about 20 kids every single day, ages two to seven. So we have a high turnover rate of kids because every year a whole portion of them go off to kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So enrollment is a huge deal to us and getting people to understand what we do and why we do it is a huge (laughs) it's a huge growth edge for us being able to fully do that determines our future as a business as well and so I'm starting to notice that there's a lot of parents who don't quite understand how important early childhood is and they're usually pretty easy to educate but then on the complete other side of things, there's a bunch of parents who believe that their that early childhood is far more important. I don't want to say that it's not important, but they believe that it is for sure going to determine every little aspect of the child's future and their life and their relationships and career. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's, it gets really difficult because, um, like, when parents call to ask about what we do um, over the phone, I'm very honest about the fact that we play make messes and have fun because the worst thing is having people come in and they take a look around and they just say, nope, not for me. Yeah. Um, I'm very honest with them about what it is that we do and our website and our Facebook kind of make that pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can blabber on the phone with them for 25 minutes about how all of this is important and all the little things that we do has a big impact. Um, But then, like the other day, they come in for a tour and they're looking around. They see kids playing just freely. There's a bunch of kids sitting eating breakfast at a table and they watch a child drop a bowl of Fruit Loops on the ground and proceed to eat singular fruit gloops off the ground. And I can see in their eyes, is this important? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really important. Like, I can just see in their eyes, like, how can what you're doing be important if this is allowed? <laughs> if I can walk yeah. in at the end of day and see a child eating fruit loops on the ground. So it's, it's that weird thing of I want... I wish that we had a way to educate parents to somewhere in the middle because the parents who care too much go crazy and wind up sending their kids to places that are really just academically structured. Everything has to have uh, an outcome. We have to be tracking outcomes and following kids after they leave us. And it's just the wildest thing ever. Whereas the parents who are more in the middle or don't really feel like anything that happens right now is important at all. Those are the ones that are the easiest to get <laughs> on our side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And I, I mean, the those parents on the, the, you know, more stressed out, it's now or never. And that's what they've been sold. Like, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what, um, you know, this endless era of educational toys and um, hyper parenting and leapfrog leapfrog yeah has has <laughs> taken them is they they most of them i think really think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and asking for what they're supposed to be asking for mm-hmm. um and i i think that's part of where this quote was going to is that um our advocacy and our trying to educate people about how important because the early years are important for brain development and social and emotional development. And I don't, I don't think we're here to argue that, but mm-hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong. Here, right? <laughs> but, um, but, but for some that has turned into a message of fear and panic um, where I, what I, what I hope people would 
see is that when a kid is down on the floor eating Fruit Loops and <laughs> and not being harassed about it and just being allowed that moment of childhood, that's that's the important work that we're doing is honoring that bit of childhood. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like I said earlier, as as far as Facebook posts and the world of sharing what goes on in your classroom goes, um, we envision these child-centric, when we're talking about like play-based childcare, like the people who are already mostly on board with the stuff that I, that all of us kind of agree are good practice, I would say. Um, We envision all these child-centric environments as if the 30-second tidbits we get to see on Facebook are totally representative of the whole day. And usually when I'm sharing something about my school on Facebook or Instagram, it's something that I found like interesting or poignant, like especially interesting or poignant. Um, One of those moments and we kind of gloss over the realities that kids do gross things <laughs> and kids do weird things or funny things uh-huh. or say bad words sometimes or have big emotions. And I think that because parents have been sold this idea that every little thing that happens is so important and reflective on the rest of their life, especially academically, that these moments that we're glossing over either don't happen or if they do the job is being done wrong, Mm -hmm. that the kids aren't being supervised or cared for in the right way. Um, Because, yeah. Just without realizing, you know, that all happens without adults realizing that we also do gross things and say bad words and not every moment of our life has to be focused on. Yeah, for sure, because, I mean, we have, I will be very honest, we have a whole infection of bad words at my program right now and it's I mean I think it's fantastic but I'm never going to sit there and be telling parents or kids that I'm totally on board with this because sometimes these words are being shouted over my fence where people from the public are walking by Um, and so I can get on a soapbox for hours about how important all the little things that we do are but when someone comes in for a tour and they hear a kid just offhandedly yell dummy asshole to another kid um, I can't necessarily explain to the parents or the adults that are there that that child's parents just broke up Mm-hmm. And that perhaps those words decided to come into our environment and spread like right. an infection because those are the kinds of words you would use to describe an ex that you're not very happy about. I can't explain those things. And so all they see is me not disciplining a child, quote unquote, sure. verb disciplining right. a child. Yes. Um, over Just letting them get away word. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I have some parents at the school. Now, most of parents at my school are so on board with everything that we do. But there's been a couple times where they go, hey, why are why is my kids saying dummy asshole at home all the time? And I can't fully explain the situation. But what what's really interesting to me is that later on, those same kids whose parents were so concerned about hearing their kids say a bad word, those kids say, my dad said a bad word last night. Yeah. <laughs> the so first thing they say once their mom leaves of the day is, hey, Travis, my dad said a bad word last night. Want to know what it was? <laughs> and so it's just like everybody just, there's this, I think it's like the same thing as social media versus reality. There's yeah. this world that we think our kids are living in. 
mm-hmm. and then a world that they're actually living in that they don't fully let their parents see. Mm-hmm. But when they're in a free environment amongst other kids, we get to see it for real. Right, <laughs> exactly. And I, it's it's hard for, um, and maybe this is sort of off track, but it reminded me of. So it's hard for parents to to understand and. And for some of us in the field to understand that people act differently at home than they do in public and in groups as opposed to, you know, just with mom and dad. Um, so that parent who says, well, he never acts like that at home. Well, yeah. yeah. Because the circumstances are different at home. And or I get very angry phone parents. calls of a parent who says, my child said to me last night that nobody plays with him at school. I believe he's being bullied and I think you need to kick this kid, this kid, and this kid out. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to go... <clears throat> No. (laughs) That's not happening. Or I remember I called you in a panic one day because we had one parent call me and say, my child told me that another child threatened to pull her pants down. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, like, being supportive of feminism (laughs) and being supportive of the entire idea that we should be teaching body autonomy, I was totally, like, shocked and wanted to, I, I wanted something to happen. I wanted action. Yeah. But they wanted me to describe what kind of action I would be taking to prevent it from happening. And I'm like, I can't prevent something from happening that didn't happen yet. Right. It was, it, it was a threat of something, and I'm sure it's very scary, and it's, yeah. it's a horrifying thing to find out. But once you kind of, if you were there, and you watch kids all day, a kid throwing around like, I'm going to touch your butt. I'm going to punch your face. Like, it's just, it's not something that important. Like, it's not, in the grand scheme of things, this huge, important crisis that's going on. Right. It's something, it's a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment where, good, you stood up for yourself. You did not let them touch your body. And then on the other side, we need to make sure that we're being respectful of other people's bodies and not saying things that could scare them and... It can be that simple. It can end that easy. But some people, it's that in, internal thing of this is a huge, important moment. And every action that I take in this moment determines the rest of my child's life. Yeah. Well, it's another good example of the, the ways we should be spending our energy if we're going to be advocating and educating. We spend so much time, and not you and me, we, but the global early childhood we, um, spend so much time trying to convince people that the work we do is important because of what we can get down the road or, you know, what it means for their school success or what it means to the economy in the future for every dollar we invest now (laughs) or whatever that nonsense is. Um, When really we just need to be understanding what's going on with children and talking about that in, in moments like one child says he's going to pull another child's pants down or one child says a cuss word that's the kind of important moment we should be able to advocate for and educate about um, globally in the, in the moment yeah. like you're describing, of course, you're not going to stop then and say, let me educate you about what you just saw to yeah. a parent who is touring your building. But when we're talking about, you know, as a profession, I think we've lost our focus and that's what's backfired in the way that Elizabeth Jones has, has said in yeah, this quote. For sure. And that's also one of the reasons why, I mean, I can, I will sit and talk smack about classrooms that I observe <laughs> all day long. Same. But you won't ever see a blog post from me digging into a moment of parenting that I saw yeah. out in public. Because I have no, like, in the same way that 
my inaction of a child eating Fruit Loops on the ground looked like negligence on my part. You never know <laughs> what yeah. all's going on. And then I also talked to even teachers in my program that you can talk to different kids in different ways. Once you know what they need and what their personality is, sometimes you can talk very informally with a kid. Sometimes you have to have that quote-unquote teacher voice. Sometimes you have the mom voice. Like, it's just there's this whole range of behaviors of how you can work with children because there's also this whole range of behaviors on how you interact with adults. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. you respect kids enough to give them the nuance of being an adult and showing them what it's like to have normal conversations in which you can change how you behave to suit the situation that you're in and who's around you. That's not breeding sociopathy. That's being an adult and teaching kids how adults should be interacting with each other, modeling it well. Yeah, and, and that's that's much more difficult to teach. You know, you're not going to take a college class that teaches you about nuances of voices to use in different <laughs> situations with children. It's more difficult to measure, so there's no outcome that can come from that. And And I think that's... That's the corner we've backed ourselves into as a field is that we've we've hung too much on uh, degrees and outcomes <laughs> and and marketing to families and we're losing in those moments when the children really need our skill. Yeah, and on the other side of things, there are people who are on what I would consider to be our side <laughs> of the philosophy who take things to such an extreme, like I read an article the other day that we're never supposed to use nicknames for children yeah. because it's, it's not appropriate and it's unkind and disrespectful and all these things. And I'm like, I call every single one of the kids in my school a nugget at least I five know. times a day. Yeah. I've started calling half of them cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs> And they think it's the funniest thing ever. Now, if there was a kid in my group, there's the nuance. If there's somebody in my group who was like, please don't call me that, right. or just has no reaction at all when I say that word, of course it's not going to be something that I, like, thrust upon them. But if we're going to be laughing, I'd yeah. rather us be laughing than sitting plain-faced all yeah. day. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. There's so many things. There's so many, uh, It like, if you're not doing this, you're ruining these kids. If you are doing this, you're ruining these kids. And sure, that applies to a lot of things. Like, don't smack kids. Don't compare kids' behavior with each other. <laughs> don't don't put up a giant board that says, who deserves to eat today? But oh we, we can definitely start, we can definitely continue giving nicknames and hugging children and, yeah. well, and showing affection and saying the word love. Yes, it comes down to... Um, to to being able to identify why you're doing things, like you you just articulated why that's part of your practice to call kids nuggets or and cheese bags and cheese bag or whatever <laughs> it might be. And um, there are definitely moments that I could say you really should have used the child's name in that, or yeah. you're really sounding fake and inauthentic when you just oh, say. Yeah. You know, come on, friends. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so that it's it's it comes back to me for me to why are we doing it, and um, 
why do we think it's okay or not okay? Like, we just need to be able to have those conversations instead of just getting on Facebook and saying, well, that's wrong and you're bad. Yeah. Um, in every in every conversation about... And I'm here agreeing practice. with that, fully acknowledging that I have many blog posts that say, if you're doing X, Y, Z, you're wrong and bad. <laughs> but well, it's but usually I think... about the worst possible yes. things you could be doing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure someone could write one of those articles about me if they witnessed me... Uh, pull a kid off the playground for saying a bad word or something and just say, hey, cheese bag, cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.